that's forty low. Hello, and welcome to the Forty Below sessions for Forty Below Volume Two, Alberta's Winter Anthology. Today's episode is featuring writer Christina Viscochel, and today's episode is sponsored by people who ride their bikes to work in the wintertime. People who ride their bikes to work in the wintertime are saving the environment and getting great exercise. Never, ever, ever forget that. People who ride their bikes to work in the wintertime. So today we're talking with Christina Viscochel. She's a great young writer. Always has some uh, different projects on the go, and we kind of dip in and out talking about that in this uh, in this episode, as well as her very short piece, but very uh, cool piece that appears in uh, in the book. And um, she started a uh, collection of writing and artwork with uh, featuring many uh, university uh, Grant McEwen University students, and it's called Flamingo. So we might talk about that a little bit. She might not have had the name quite yet, but. Always has lots of things going on. Always very interesting. Always very intelligent. So let's go and talk with Christina Viscochel. I was a student at McEwen, and I was <clears throat> looking to apply to a few other writing programs um, at the U of A and elsewhere. And that I had started on a project in the summer in the meantime because it was a little bored. And it was a digital narrative in um, where I wrote vignettes that were 300 words or less. And I'd written quite a few of them, and they were paired with photos, and I wanted your feedback on it. And so I decided to come see you, and you gave me some very helpful feedback, and you were very kind. Oh, thank you. as well. <laughs> this will go on my digital resume. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I liked your idea a lot. I wanted to steal it immediately. So your the idea was... How many entries did you do you plan do you plan to have or is it already it's not done yet? Right? Uh, it's still not done because I got distracted this summer. I was hoping to have it done um, by the end of August of this year, but a lot of other things came up. So hopefully it'll be done soon within the next year. But in total, I wanted to have um, it's like 150 or so, and I think I'm about just over halfway done the narrative, and it follows the lives of two different people in Edmonton. Um, one week. There's three different, um, I guess, entries that follow one person. And then another week, there's another three entries that follow another person. And each of those entries is about nine minutes long. So you're getting about a half hour, um, half hour consecutively of that day, but alternating between these two people's lives. And where'd you, where'd you come up with that idea? Um, I came up with it after taking a spring course on uh, the novel as a genre. And we read in class Mrs. Dalloway, and I was really fascinated by the notion of just, like, one setting and one day in the life of one person. And so I thought, well, you know, there's opportunity to do something like that here in Edmonton. And also because the cool new thing to do is, you know, online stuff. So I thought, well, there's got to be a way to do it, you know, digitally, digitally and online. So, um, yeah, I started, I started playing around with that and working with that. And so did you say, are you from Edmonton originally? Are you from here? No, I'm actually from Calgary originally. You're from Calgary. Oh, so I can use, we can use you as a Calgary uh, representative in the book. Yes, even though I haven't been there in a very long time. How but, long? Um, I think the last time I lived there, I was 20. Yeah, 20. So over 10 years. Um, 
I did drive through there this weekend, so I don't know if that counts. But um, yeah, it's been a while. Um, Edmonton has definitely become home for me. And um, so you're you're finished your undergrad now, is that correct? Yes, I just graduated in April. And what were you taking there? I was taking an English honors undergraduate degree. So what kind of like what did that entail? Like what is it like being in English? Um, basically, you take extra. English courses um, as part of the honors degree. And then at the end, um, I present a thesis, which is basically um, like a 20 page long paper. And I did mine on Woody Guthrie's Ballads of Sacco and Vincetti, which is an album he recorded in the 1960s, no, 1940s. And it's about a trial that happened in the 1920s. So, Got it. Mm-hmm. And creative writing while you were studying, how much did you get to do creative writing as like as far as like studying it or as a course? Um, well, originally I started at Mount Royal in Calgary, and I took quite a few creative writing courses there. And then when I transferred to Grant McEwen, I focused more on academic writing, but and so I didn't have as much of an opportunity to do creative writing until my last year when I took a 300 level writing class with Jacqueline Baker. Um, but what I found in returning to creative writing after such a long time and after studying other works and writing academically is I actually had, I felt like my writing had improved because I understood how narratives work and how writers write and the different ways that you can play around with language. So I actually feel like my academic writing complemented my creative writing. Oh, nice. (laughs) And um, so how long ago was it when you you knew you wanted to be a writer or you knew you wanted to at least pursue it as far as uh, in the university? My mother says that she always remembers me writing and I can't say like, I know some people that knew from the time that they were like four years old that they wanted to be a writer, but I know for me a, a distinct memory stands out from high school where I took uh, in grade 12, I took a creative writing class with Mr. Sapinski. I even remember his name. And we ended up doing a whole bunch of creative writing works in which we watched films like Baraka and Thin Red Line. And we took scenes from those films and then tried to really work on imagery and um, sensory language and wrote our own narratives surrounding the scenes that we had chosen. And we wrote poetry and we wrote um, short fiction. And then I think we maybe even did some drama. And then we bound it all together in a book. His wife came in and helped us um, because she had a special device for that. And I remember, you know, being in that class and then just being like, yes, this is this is what I want to do. Like, it's very satisfying to have a product in my hand that I've created and that I've spent so much time on. And that is representative of like all the creative stuff that I feel is inside of me. Um, and I remember I promised him that as soon as I would be published, I would let him know. And so the last time I was um, at my old at my high school, I went to I graduated from high school in Langley, and I was there in the springtime. And I guess he's just moved on, so I have never had the opportunity to follow up with him and say I'm finally published now. And Mr. You know, Sapinski, Mr. Sapinski, yeah. if you're listening, Mr. Sapinski, yeah, yeah, I'm finally published, and please let me know where you are so I can send you a copy of my manuscript so <laughs> or my stuff. And so it wasn't even just it wasn't just the the expression of creative writing itself, but it was also you liked the collaboration, but you also liked the the actual act of making something from it. I do. I do enjoy the process. I I enjoy collaborative work and I enjoy um yeah, just 
putting together something that wasn't there before. And especially um, in what I'm thinking about writing next is entering into a conversation um, that is going on, but bringing up a point that hasn't been raised yet. And I know some people, you know, oftentimes when we think of entering a conversation, it's more in a nonfiction sense or in a very um, like real world kind of way. But there's conversations happening in literature and in fiction all the time and there's perspectives that we haven't explored or ideas that we haven't explored and so what I really enjoy is um, bringing those out in something that just hasn't been there before. And you're talking about when you say conversation you're talking about a dialogue that's happening there's like you're talking about certain specific issues is that what you mean? Uh, Yeah um, I can't really I mean the one that I can think of right now is um, for like my upcoming thesis that I'm hoping to write I want to do some kind of environmental apocalyptic writing. And I don't want to write about too much or talk about it too much because I, I've noticed that every time I start talking about it, it kind of loses its momentum and then I abandon that idea. Um, and I really love this idea, so I won't talk about it too much. But what I've noticed is that in a lot of apocalyptic uh, stories or narratives or in literature is we take a very human perspective or anthropocentric perspective and I remember once someone brought up the question of, well, what about what about the animals? You know, what is their perspective? What's their interest or what do they have to gain from this situation or how do they get through it? And so um, and so far, I haven't come across any literature that deals with, you know, an apocalyptic setting or narrative from an animal's perspective point of view. So that's kind of something that I'm interested in looking into. Cool. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't like to do that thing either where you talk about what you're working on. I yeah. read it like there's like a Hemingway quote that says not to do that basically because you'll just never do it. You'll yeah. just always talk about it. Or I worry that someone will steal my idea. I <laughs> used to I used to be like that a lot too. I would be very secretive about all my th- anything, even probably forty below at first. I'm like I I have an idea, but if I, I say it out loud, yeah. It. If yeah. I say it out loud, people will take it. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to. Um, we'll talk about 40 Below. We'll talk about this piece specifically. So where did this piece come from that you're going to share in a little bit? Uh, as I mentioned before, I was in Jacqueline Baker's creative writing class at McEwen last year. And I believe at the time we had put out a call for some really like short or micro narratives for the Coffee Sleeve project that you had going on. And so I presented that idea to the class saying, hey, here's an opportunity if you want to submit some writing and have it out there for people to read. And Jacqueline Baker just assigned that um, call as an assignment for our class. So we all had to it's write homework, a, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we all had to write micro narratives. And I ended up writing this one. And it was a combination of different experiences that I had had before well, before that time, um, one was I had gone to a wedding and I had run into a friend that I hadn't seen in a while. And uh, she gave me a ride to the reception. And while we were in the car, she was saying how her and her husband had adopted two foster children. And the way that the adoption went is, um, you know, it was in a McDonald's parking lot and like the documents were signed like basically on the hood of the car and like it was almost like a very shady like deal that went down but it was like it was completely legit um but yeah kind of the that notion of you know something very profound happening in such a very ordinary setting in like the middle of a blizzard basically and so I combined that idea with 
you know, another kind of experience or something that I've been observing that was happening, which was a lot of my friends were were separating or getting divorced um, after being married for such a short time. And I just thought, like, it'd be interesting to write um, something very, very poignant, but also very kind of ambiguous um, where, you know, it touches on this kind of like time where, you know, usually we try and have family together and we have all these like comforts and like um, romantic notions of what Christmas is all about. And yet here's a relationship that's, you know, falling apart and in this very kind of business like kind of way. But again, it's like, you know, the documents are being signed, like just on the the hood of the trunk of the car or like on the trunk of the car. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of where and, it came uh, from. And I mean, obviously, so if people are listening to it, they'll pr- most likely have read it. But it's you're doing all of this in 140 words or so, basically, right? Or yes. T- and uh, so just I'll take a step back. So the project that I had, the this was another idea that I had that I didn't want to tell anybody about because I thought they would steal it, was this coffee sleeves idea. And uh, it was to print tiny stories or, or poems onto coffee sleeves get them printed somehow and then hopefully coffee shops in the in the city of Edmonton would uh would want to carry them and kind of replace whatever they used normally with these ones that had stories on them and they were all from Edmonton from Edmonton writers and uh so it's still going on now and um it's worked out all right yeah and you you said uh Jacqueline Baker right mm-hmm. so she had assigned it as homework and uh, I was working at the Edmonton Public Library that year. I was the writer in residence, and I kept getting emails from students. And the emails would all have CC'd Jacqueline Baker on the email. So they were sent to me, and then they were sent to Jacqueline Baker, basically to prove to her that they had sent the stories to me. Yes. But Jacqueline didn't tell me that I was going to be getting <laughs> an influx of all these stories. So people would go, here's some stuff for your your coffee sleeves, Mr. Norman, or you know something along those lines. And uh, I was happy to get them, but I was like, I wonder how many are going to come in. And uh, I don't know how many people were in your class, but I probably got everybody's or something like that. Mm, yeah, maybe like 30 or 40. Oh, boy. And there's another student. Uh, there's another student. She sent me a lot. And she's in the book. But maybe I'll keep that a secret. Okay. Th- you probably already know. Oh, no, you know Teresa's in the book. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She sent me a lot. Of, I think she liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, writing the the short stuff and you had already been used to writing things kind of around this length yeah anyway even well I was used to like I gave myself 300 words like 150 to 300 words to play with in my own project and so doing about 140 to 150 was um it was very it was a challenge I had to be very economical with the words that I chose yeah I used to think it was uh I haven't done it for a while, and I I did one uh, last week, and it was way harder than I thought it was going to be because I used to be like, oh, it's so easy to write short stuff. This is what I do. I love short. And then I got to – I was already at 200 before I could blink, and I said, oh, no, I, I'm not even done yet. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it is definitely – 140 is very short. It's very, very short. So why don't we uh, – why don't you go ahead and you can read it now. Uh, and uh, you can you can tell them the title and everything and just uh, go ahead whenever you're ready. Okay. <clears throat> so the title is Cold Hands, Cold Hearts. White knuckles grip the steering wheel at nine and three. He parks the truck out front in the clear driveway, watches the snow glare in the headlights before texting her, here. After a minute, she opens the red door, 
closes it behind her to keep the dog in. Beneath her down-filled parka, she wears the fleece pink pajamas he gave her last Christmas, pant legs tucked into fur-lined boots. Here they are, he says, as he passes a stack of papers through the open window, then the pen he keeps in the cup holder. Snowflakes blot her name, and after she signed the last page, she passes the papers back to him. That's it? she asks, looks down at the door handle. That's it, he answers. She watches as he backs out onto the street, then turns her back as he drives away. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Really good. And uh, yeah, of course I liked it because I published it twice. <laughs> and um, But the you know all the great details in there, but you, like you said uh, before you started, there is the idea. So there's the idea that this is a, like a business-like transaction. This isn't how. Um, you don't really know how things ended. You know how things officially end by the signing of the papers, but you don't know how things went. And you actually don't even know how they really even feel about each other mm-hmm. while you while you're reading the whole piece. Um, there's not. You don't get his perspective per se as to you know if he's really upset or if she's really upset or how he hurt her or how she hurt him. Um, you just get that little snapshot, which is the great thing that that flash fiction or uh, whatever you want to call the short stuff. Yeah. What did you call micro micro fiction? Yes. Yeah, micro fiction. Yeah. There's so many names now, and um, but yeah, the great the great details. The uh, she's wearing the pajamas that he got her because what you're gonna throw them out after you get a divorce. I mean, you still need pajamas, right? Right. And, and then there's the, the dog to take care to of to keep the dog in. Yeah, that's right. When did they? Yeah, exactly. Now she's a single dog parent. Mm-hmm. And um, or maybe he's not happy. Maybe it's his dog, and he's just doesn't get to take care of it anymore. Or and the pen uh, that he, you know, the pen that he keeps in, in the, the cup, holder. cup holder. Yeah. yeah. And then the uh, the snowflakes kind of uh, what do you call it when they kind of just melt blotting the, blotting the, the ink. Yeah. Anyway, really good. So thank you. Um, so t- we'll move on to talking about winter time since this is a winter anthology. So. You're from Calgary, mm-hmm. and you've spent some winters in Edmonton. You call Edmonton home. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What are some differences between uh, a winter spent in Calgary and a winter spent in Edmonton? What I like about Edmonton is it's hard because the weather has changed in Edmonton over the past few years. Like la- I remember last winter, it was very humid and very dense when it was uh, snowy. And, but overall, it's been very dry. And so when I first moved to Edmonton, what I noticed is I really liked how consistently cold it was, which sounds almost, I don't know, blasphemous to say, like that someone would really enjoy constant cold weather. But at least I knew what to expect when going out, whereas Calgary, you know, you never know how you're going to have to dress every day. Um, and again, sometimes that can be good because you don't have to always layer on your parka, but other times it can be um, not so good. So, yeah. Um, Walking through the river valley is very nice in Edmonton. Um, Calgary, when I grew up in Calgary, I would always go skating on the boat with my mom. And that's a really great memory that I had. But again, that was only when the weather could be really cold. But otherwise, there wasn't too much um, to do in terms of like walking through a river valley or a park system. Um, We have COP, but I mean, COP was really great when I was a kid. But as I got older, it was a bunny hill basically. Yeah, and, you know, with Calgary, too, I remember even in the wintertime, we could go to the mountains um, because they were only an hour away from Calgary, and we can do a hike there. Um, And especially on warmer days, it was nice to go to be outside. And I think we we saw, what are those falls? 
I just drove by them as well. But, you know, there are a number of places that you can go in Banff um, in the wintertime and have a really enjoyable time. Whereas here, you know, Jasper, Jasper is really beautiful, but it is also four hours away. And, mm-hmm. you know, highway driving in the wintertime isn't always the greatest. So, yeah. yeah. So you consider yourself, I mean, maybe not fully, but you, 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 would, you embrace winter when it comes. You kind of like it. You like doing winter activities. Not so much in Edmonton. Not I realized that I was uh, driving through, like I was just in BC, and when I was driving back, I drove through Calgary um, before coming back to Edmonton. And um, I was thinking, you know, in the, in the summertime, I go out and I hike a lot and I'm outdoors a lot and I really enjoy getting out. And wintertime, I don't as much anymore. And I think it's just um, because of how isolated I feel Edmonton is, you know, compared to growing up, you know, in Calgary, where, again, the mountains are only an hour away, it was really easy to get away and to do things, um, do things in the wintertime. I did uh, take up ice skating again um, over the past few years, and so that's something that I'm now doing more in the wintertime um, here in Edmonton, but otherwise I tend to hibernate more in Edmonton. It's a good place for that, too, mm-hmm. as well. So um, you're entering a new phase of your studies, basically. You're doing a graduate? Yes, and yeah. what does is it still in English or what is it called? It is still in English. It's um, the English and Film Studies uh, Master's program, and I'm not doing an academic thesis, but I'm doing a creative thesis. So essentially, I'm writing a twenty to thirty page uh, short story. Oh, right on. Mm-hmm. So what's the timeline for that? When- um, well, any I was advised to start writing little vignettes, but considering that I spent maybe only two months writing. Um, my undergraduate thesis, I'm probably just going to be a good English student and procrastinate until maybe March and just start writing it, it then. Yeah. And uh, any other any other projects, things that you're working on that you want to talk about or keep, or if you want to keep secret, that's fine. Uh, no, I can talk about this one. McEwen generously gave me funding for an anthology project of my own. And I put out a call to Edmonton writers, McEwen writers, um, writers from the University of Saskatchewan, and... I think that was it. I don't think there were any other writers, but to submit, again, short creative works about... I, did, I don't think I gave so much a word count as I did that it had to fit within a five inch by five inch frame, so, or a page that was measured, that measures five inches by five inches. And there was no set theme, which really threw a lot of writers off because Canadian literature is very thematically based. Um, but I said, it's whatever you want to submit. And so I gathered all of these um, pieces, which were, I think, yeah, there were about 40 in total. It's both a combination of artistic and uh, creative writing pieces. And they're all over the map. And my challenge as an editor uh, was to put them all together in a narrative or in a story that makes sense. So as you read one, it leads like, you know, kind of the idea leads from um, fluidly from the one previous to the next one to the next one um, and creates a kind of story within the anthology. And the other, I guess, addition of this anthology is there'll be a digital component where you'll be able to use your phone um, and an app to scan an image or scan text or scan any page um, of the anthology and it'll lead you to an audio recording of the writers reading their works and the idea behind that isn't so much um, let's say that you'll read a writer's poem and then hear them read it but the idea is that you'll read one poem and it can lead you to a totally different one um, and hopefully that'll generate some creative thought in your own mind um, as to how those 
two poems or two works um, associate with one another. Excellent. And uh, do you have a title yet? You know what it's going to be called? Um, not officially, but the the back of the anthology features artwork from one of the uh, contributors, and the artwork features two pink pink flamingos on it. And I just you know to be kind of kooky and weird and odd because it is that kind of project. I kind of want to call it flamingo, but. We'll see. It <laughs> sounds good. Pink mm-hmm. Flamingos sounds good. Yeah. It sounds like there's like a movie called Pink Flamingos or something, I think. Yeah. I might have to do a bit of research just to see like what else is out there. So if people are searching for it, it's, nothing weird is going to come up for them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When uh, when you enter it into Google. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks so much for uh, for coming to talk. And thanks so much for your piece in 40 Below Volume 2. Um, and uh, yeah, this is great. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.